spent too much time in California. Now I got that Rona. Gotta be a loner. Staring at my phone. Gotta be a loner. Gotta be a loner. Hey, y'all. This is Judy. Uh, this is the Alona Virus Podcast. Um, this is my first phone call episode. Um, so the audio is not totally where I'd like it to be, and I'm going to figure that out. Um, but in the meantime, please stick with this episode. It's my favorite one so far. Um, it gets a little, the audio gets slightly weird at the end of the phone call. Just uh, stick with it because it's worth it. Um, and today we have, uh, I talked to my friend Julia. Uh, it's Julia Carlson. You'll hear me talk to her on the podcast. And I, I said that I didn't want to share her full name, but um, she has since told me that it's okay. And the reason I want to is because she is a super talented tattoo artist, and we're going to talk more about that. But um, she's an award-winning tattoo artist, and you may have seen her on the reality show Ink Masters. I think she was on it a couple of times, or a couple of seasons, or however that works. But um, you should follow her at Julia Carlson Tattoo, J-U-L-I-A-C-A-R-L-S-O-N Tattoo. And when this is all over, I hope that you'll go get a tattoo from her, because she's super awesome and... Um, super talented. So uh, this is Conversation with Julia. Thanks for listening. How's it going, man? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, thanks for talking to me. I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I, I feel like I should just jump in. Okay, so this is a podcast. It's called the Alona Virus Podcast because I wanted to make a stupid name. And this is a stupid time that we're living through, right? <laughs> and uh, I feel like the biggest change to everybody's life right now is that they're kind of like stuck alone or stuck alone with a couple other people or whatever it is. But it's that's the part that's infecting everyone's lives, right? Yeah. That's sure. kind of like the, the thrust. Um, but... I wanted to ask you, since you have a much different experience than I do, um, what it's like being a single mother in this crisis. Well, it's terrifying, especially um, because I don't want my kids to get sick. I obviously don't want to get sick. Um, I don't have insurance. My kids have insurance. I do not. So, like, if we did get sick, if I got sick, it would be bad. They would at least be, like, covered. But it's scary because, like, I, like, trying to explain to them, like, what is even going on, they don't really get it. You know, they keep saying, like, oh, I want to go to my, want to go to my friend's house. And I got to be like, no. Yeah. But then you see, like, our neighbors and they're all having, you know, friends over and people over. So it's trying to explain to them, too. The difference between the people that are complying with the social distancing versus the people that are not. And they, you know, really don't get it. They're 11 and 9. So they, like, you know, they understand they can't go anywhere, but they don't really, aren't understanding the severity of what's going on and why they need to stay home and how big this thing can get if you know, people keep kind of going around and and spreading this stuff around. So yeah. that part uh, makes them how, a little stir crazy. 
I bet. And how old are your kids? Sorry, I didn't do a lot of introductory stuff because we jumped right in. But so how old are your kids? They're 11 and 9. 11 well, and the 9. One's, the one's 11. The other one turns 9 tomorrow. Well, happy birthday tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting time to have a birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, this is my friend Julia. I forgot to say that specifically. I'll probably do an intro separately. Um, okay. <laughs> I won't use your last name. But uh, you're my friend from Hello. high school. Hello. I'm, I'm high school friend, Yulia. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is my first actual phone call. So I'm not that good at it. It's okay. Me neither. We're learning together. You're doing great, though. I really appreciate it. So you, you said that you're, you know, it's hard to explain the severity of what's happening um, to your kids. But, um, I mean, have... Has it seemed to come across? Like, have they, you been able to like get through to them at all? Have they like said things that make you think that they do understand it to a certain extent? Well, um, when was it? It was like, I think Thursday or Friday, we were playing in the backyard and Marley, I was like watching them. Like I was doing stuff like, to try and keep myself busy in the yard, but I had eyes on them. And I saw my oldest son, Marley, um, talking to Lucky, and who's my youngest son. And I can kind of, you're when you're a mom, you can kind of figure out what's being talked about, right? So I see him pointing at the neighbors and like acting like he's gonna go over there. And then Lucky's just like, no, coronavirus. <laughs> so, so they know, you know, then they're getting it. And also like they've, for sure heard me watching the news and stuff. So they know that like they have to stay away, but they don't, you know, just like with the rest of us, they don't know how long. And also they're just kind of excited not to have school, but I've been giving them mini school. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they're excited that, you know, they get to stay home, but they just like the trying to get them to wash their hands, like keep washing their hands. You know, I have little boys. They're, they want to go play in mud and be filthy. So trying to yeah. get them to do that has been a constant me hovering. Yeah. But also like you don't want to scare them. So I don't want to be like, oh, my God, wash your hands. Blah. So I, I have to just be, please wash your hands now. Please do it now. Do it and now. I <laughs> I imagine you have to wash your hands even more just mm -hmm. because of them. So what yep. are you up to, like 40, 45 times a day? Uh, my hands are so dry. <laughs> I know. Everybody's <laughs> so hands are so, so dry. dry. <laughs> I've been just like wearing socks with coconut oil on my hands to try and keep them not dry. They're real That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just take load your hands up and then you put a nice fluffy pair of socks on. And then it's like the moisture gloves. This is good. good advice for the four people that will hear this. I'll do my best. I'll do my best to get it out there for your, for your sake. Um, well, my next question was, what are you, what are you doing to try to get them to take it seriously? I mean, I guess you kind of already answered that, but is there, is there any specifics that, or things that you've learned? Um, I mean, just really constantly Reminding them to wash their hands, obviously, but also I do update them on what's going on. Like, without trying to scare them, I'll just kind of sit them down and I'll be like, guys, 
look, this is what's going on in China right now. This is what's going on in Italy right now. This is how we can kind of figure out how long you're going to be out of school and how long this will go on for by watching what's going on in these other countries and how it's being handled. And, um, you know, they'll sit and pay attention when I start talking about it like that. But I try not to do too much because I don't want to scare them. Um, but I want, I, you know, they need to see some so they can understand that, like, it, it's, it's a historical moment that they're living through right now and experiencing. And it's something that none of us have ever gone through. Um, so just to kind of prepare them for what is coming and to kind of make it start to grow in them like this, these habits of just, you know, being careful and watch, not touching everything, not touching your face all the time, making sure you're washing your hands constantly and, and all that stuff, just to keep yourself safe from these kinds of pandemic events. I know. And you make a good point that none of us have lived through anything like this. We don't know exactly how to deal with it or what to expect. And I can't imagine what it's like to be a child, like a nine-year-old or 11-year-old, and try to understand the severity and also just try to grasp the effects and the future. None of us really have a, a handle on what the next few months are going to look like. And that must be scary for a kid and for a mom. Yeah. Well, especially like, cause I, I mean, I'm a single mom and a widow. So, you know, I just got me. So the worrying part is like, if this does keep going on and I'm out of work right now, so I'm not, I'm not getting income because I am self-employed. Um, I'm a independent contractor, so I'm not getting really anything. And I really won't unless they do those checks that they've been talking about for everyone. But you know, that keeps getting held up. So eventually if this goes on for a while I will have no money and no way of like buying food or anything like that you know paying my bills or anything like that right now I'm fine but you know if you kind of look at how the pattern of how it's going on throughout the world like it's most likely going to be more than two weeks it's most likely going to be more than a month if we're being realistic um especially with people still going out, it's going to get more strict. So that means longer till I can work. I can't work from home. Whatever we have, we'll be getting chipped away at as long as this goes on. So I'm hoping it doesn't last very long, but it might. Yeah. And just being so unsure is really scary. But I think the one, the one thing that makes it a little bit okay is that every single person is affected. And I think every, maybe not everybody to the same extent, but I think that if this does continue to go on for months, that a lot of people are going to be in the same boat. And, you know, there is some comfort in knowing that we're kind of all in this together and we'll figure it out together. Um, I don't know if you agree, but I'm trying to take comfort in that. Yeah, I think that the fact that it's affecting the whole world is going to really make, you know, especially governments realize how much they need to take care of their 
country's people and you know it I'm certain like even for me it's a little hard because you don't want to trust them a lot of it's exposing a lot of mistrust we have in the system but I think it's a good opportunity for the government to build that trust by helping us because you know we're the backbone you know the working people so they have to take care of us otherwise they'll have nothing you know so they're going to have to do something and it it you know, they're not going to just leave us high and dry. If they did, that'd be pretty messed up. But I, I agree with you. If it's okay, I wanted to ask you about your job. Yeah. And, okay. So, uh, you, like you said, you're, you're self-employed. And can I can I say what you do? Yeah. Okay. So, you're a, a tattoo artist, an awesome tattoo artist, um, really talented. and But that obviously uh, is a very intimate uh, close quarters type of job, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're, like, we're all up in your body and your blood. <laughs> right, right. You're all up in there. <laughs> we're face, face, face to face with that. You know what I mean? Like, we are there. We're in your right. business. If you do, right. we smell it. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. So I'm curious, um, when did things at work start to to get different or change uh saturday last saturday was when like we really like you know start putting the news on at the shop because we were like yo this is getting serious and like we're tattooing our clients but we have this thing on at the shop and that was when it was voluntary close so, like, so this was the 14th march 14th last saturday uh, today's yeah. the 23rd okay yeah. Gotcha. Um, so that's when, like, you know, we started getting, like, concerned, like, okay, we're probably going to be closing soon. But then the panic sets in of, like, oh, my God, we have to, like, make as much money as we can because we probably only have, we thought we had maybe a week left to work. Um, and then two days later on Monday, uh, so that would be the 16th, they ordered the mandatory closure so um but it wasn't like you wouldn't get fined yet so like we closed um but there were still shops that were staying open for a little longer and then friday um the letters got out saying that like you had to close otherwise you were going to get fined and possibly have like some kind of like jail time and stuff like that if you stayed open like you could face more serious stuff so as of friday every single shop is officially has to close by order of the state yeah Um, and this is pennsylvania right mm -hmm. yeah pennsylvania okay um that's like a week and two days you know since the first like kind of concern and watching it on the news in two days we're closed and in a week and two days everybody's closed like that's how fast it's crazy knowing that's how fast that it's happening. Right. Um, and I guess to some extent, it's probably a relief when you are forced to close because you don't have to make that difficult decision of, you know, trying to make as much money as possible, but potentially exposing yourself and your family to this disease that you don't know 
if is around you or not. So exactly. How, even on Saturday when we were hearing it, like on the news, me and my coworker were like looking at each other, like we kind of wanted to stop working then, because we we're like, yo, this is pretty serious. And then all day Sunday, her and I were talking like about how it, like we were getting nervous. And then Monday when we were at the shop and it came like, as soon as it came on the TV, okay, everybody like we're asking everyone in mandatory clothes, like, but they weren't finding anyone yet. Um, as soon as they said that we finished up our tattoos and we're like, okay, bye. Like we're, yeah. Not doing it. And the next day, my boss put up the thing saying that we were all that we were officially closed because it's you're right there on people. And I'll tell you this. People are dirty. Like and we find out when we're tattooing you, whether you're clean or not, because we can smell you when we wipe your skin. <laughs> we can tell if you showered. Like yeah. when your skin rolls off in beads, we can tell that you haven't showered for like a week <laughs> minimum. <laughs> so, you know, we work around like some we're handling filthy people so we're you know, in, in that everybody washes their hands either we watch you go to the potty and then come out and i didn't hear that water run i know you didn't watch oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well that that says a lot about people uh <laughs> um, in that time that interim between when you started to feel a little bit of panic and like something was happening and when you had to close were you able to make any changes at work to keep yourself safer or is it just it was like i was in the middle of tattooing when they announced that and i finished my tattoo and left so oh, wow. what we did we disinfected the whole shop before we left too so like we were what i mean even before then on Saturday, when we started finding out about stuff, we were wiping down pens, we were wiping down scissors, we were wiping down doorknobs and everything, like which we already do, but we were doing it like every 15 minutes, like making someone go around and do that, where normally you would do that like every two hours in a shop. Like tattoo shops were pretty on top of that stuff because we just assume that everybody's sick. You know, we're handling uh. blood. And so we assume that everybody has AIDS, hepatitis, all that stuff. We assume everybody's dirty because it's the best way to keep everything super clean. But this stuff, like it lives in the air for three hours. It lives on cardboard for 24 hours. It lives on plastic for three days. Like it's, you know, it's easily killed by heat, but it is pretty resilient on surfaces. So yeah. like, God forbid you miss like some or someone, you know, wants to sneeze on a corner on something or whatever, suck on one of my pens and without me seeing it, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> what you're that kind of makes me hopeful though, because you guys are probably extremely diligent more so than other businesses and you're, you're wearing gloves already, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So maybe you are, I mean, despite the fact that there is some, some like air droplet, and surface transmission, you're probably, despite your your close counter, close um, proximity to people and working directly with people, you might actually be in better shape than some other businesses that that don't take those precautions. So that that's kind of hopeful, I guess. Yeah, like you go into you know stores and stuff. There's stores. There were stores out here that were still open 
there's still a couple that are still open, but people, no one's wearing gloves. No one's wiping down carts when they're coming in. No one's doing any of that. They're just straight grabbing stuff, touching stuff. People are right next to each other. You know, so it's like, and when I went to the store the other day, I like started because I've been, you know, being very aware of what I'm doing as well. And just going to the store the other day, I noticed how much we touch things and then don't pick them up, you know, like at a grocery store. And I was watching people do the same thing, touch things and not picking up. And I touch something and I'd be like, oh, my God, no, I need to buy this one. You touch it, you buy it. Yeah, like, I'm I'm watching people, like, touch fruits and bananas and and everything. And I'm like, they're touching everything, man. And, you know, I think I saw maybe one person in the whole store wearing gloves. And it was, like, a customer. But it looked like those gloves had been worn all day. You should, if you're going to be wearing gloves, you should be changing them frequent. Because once you touch anything that someone else is, you know, call, say coughed on or sneezed on, whatever, it's contaminated. Um, and you can and still, you're, yeah. You're, you're taking that to your car and opening your car door. You're contaminating your door. And then you're sitting in your car and you're driving on your little steering wheel with the germ gloves. La, la, yeah. la, safe. No, you just put it everywhere and then you bring it home. Like, you know, it's, I think that, that, that kind of stuff makes it crazier, the, the, what's that called the fomites yeah. you know where the things that you touch where this this these viruses can live and all all the contact you don't even realize that you could be having with it and we're all guilty of it we all touch our faces <laughs> constantly we all eat with our hands i mean it's it's really hard it's really I hard to do it off the floor all the time <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> maybe you just have the the immune system of a beast then so you're good <laughs> I'm a mom. Like sometimes my whole dinner ends up on the floor, and I'm like, okay, and I'll just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> just go with it. Well, but, that is that's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> not right now. Not during Corona times. We don't. <laughs> that's fair. It's a good point. You can do that too. Like if people get real worried, you could take shower caps and you can put them on your feet. Boom, and some feet feet gloves. And then you take them off before you get in the house. Or those plastic bags that you don't know what to do with. Strap them on your feet. And then wow. Go to the store, and then you can come home, take those off, leave them outside in the bin. You know, wait three days, and then they'll be decontaminated, and you can make it into a crocheted plastic bag rug or whatever people do with those. You know, I just have a closet full of them. But <laughs> well, you are very innovative and full of really good ideas that I would definitely never think of. So this is great. <laughs> And you've done your research. I'm I'm very impressed. This is this is really good talking to you. I've been OCD on it. I haven't been sleeping. I'm not going. I haven't been sleeping. My kids are sleeping. I've been like, I have anxiety and depression, and I also have a thing called extreme panic disorder. So like these kind of situations. Well, I've already kind of been living like it's been this for the past like ten years. So now it's really this. Maybe you're just extra prepared. I'm over prepared. That's it. That's it. But that's the only thing is it makes me not. It's making me not sleep as good. So I've been trying well, to really like exer- make myself exercise and stuff. So I get tired. Yeah. Well, you. I'm sure you know that getting a good night's sleep is great for your immune system. So. Oh, I'm trying. Yeah. I've, 
I've been trying. I've been last night was the first night I went to bed before 4 a.m. Wow. Well, to be fair, I haven't been sleeping that well either, but <laughs> I try. But I reorganized my whole basement. Okay. That's Hopefully cool. that that comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I do have a couple questions that I'm going to ask probably all my guests, and I might add to them um, as this things progresses. But right now, I have three. So the first one is. What would you be doing right now if you weren't stuck with the alone virus at home? Um, probably the same stuff. Cause I'm a mom, I'm a single mom. Well, so I'm, <laughs> I never go anywhere. So I guess I'm basically a shut in by nature. <laughs> Monday afternoon. Okay. Monday afternoon. Well, right now I would be working. You'd be working. Until okay. I'd be working until 5.30 and then I would go pick my kids up from school and then we would go to the gym and then we would come home, make dinner and do bath time and bedtime and homework and stuff. And then I'd be up drawing. So what I do now is, well, right now they're eating, but we've been doing like a little bit of like homeschool time for them. So I do like a little math and a little reading and a little science like I found a few websites through the school that they can go on for that and then I'll do like little experiments with them I've taught them cooking I taught them how to make pancakes and eggs so that's home economics (laughs) I taught them how to remove uh hardware from a windowsill that's woodshop and (laughs) we did uh See, we did some yard work because we were really bored one day. So I taught them landscaping and pest control management. Wow. Wow. Well, okay. So I will, because of your answer, I'll swap my questions around. So this would normally be the last question, but you're kind of uh, touching on it already. So what good do you think will come out of this situation besides your kids learning how to make eggs? Well, I think. (laughs) You know, people will get, I think the best part about like, especially working parents is you get to spend time with your family, like one-on-one time, not just quick, like, oh, dinner, dinner, bedtime, bedtime, you know, you get to actually spend quality time with your kids. So like, I'm sitting with them and painting, I'm sitting with them and just hanging out with my kids, which I never get to do. I never get a vacation. I haven't had a vacation since I was 23 years old. So you know, I'm going to be 35. <laughs> so it's nice that I'm trying to look at it as more of just like a free vacation, worry free. You don't got to do anything. You just got to enjoy the time with your family because, you know, that's like what's going to get you through this is spending time with your kids or FaceTiming with your friends. It's making you, it's going to force people to spend quality time with people in different kinds of ways um, to stay connected. So I think it's going to really bring people together. It's going to bring families together. I'm sure I'll push them apart sometimes because you're going to be <laughs> living on top of each other. They're going to be fighting over spoons. You know, I don't yeah. want the ugly spoon. I want the cool spoon. You know, yeah. you're Jerry, you're 45 years old. Fuck you. I hate that spoon. You <laughs> might get one of those. Um, but I think it'll really, I think it's good for that. It's forcing people to spend time together, you know. I and crazy enough, you're saving lives by doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's great. And I agree. 
And then so the last question I have is kind of heavy, but um, what is your biggest fear in all of this? That it's going to go on for, at, like, you figure China, it's just now being reported that there's no new coronavirus cases, right? But it started out there in November. So figure this is almost five months later that there is no new reported cases, which means that soon it'll be able to go back to people going outside and stuff. But like the fact that it took five months for that to happen out there, you know, and that's in a place that's used to these sort of outbreaks happening. So they, and it's a society that's kind of used to being, you know, being more submissive to what the government says, you know, like the government says do something minus the recent riots and stuff. But, and they were actually separating families um, in their most aggressive. They're uh, really aggressive. So like, that's why it's figure it took five months with a really aggressive route to get it under control where like the United States, they can't even tell us to sit still and we're not listening. So imagine right. how much, how much more of a spike we're going to get just from these people still walking around and infecting people and not listening um, and people yeah. not taking it seriously. I think it's going to make, I get scared that it's going to make our number of cases spike even higher just because of people's habits and stubbornness, which will make it last longer. Um, yeah, me too. It'll make it last longer. And then the effect that that's going to have afterwards of getting back to normal, you know, getting back to regular society, the effect it's going to have on businesses, on society, on everybody, on the whole economy and our whole country. Like, everything's going to be different. So I think that's the scariest thing is knowing that, like, where people still aren't taking it seriously and they're going to beaches and whatever, having a kiki. Like, everybody's lives, I feel like, are going to be different from this. Um, I agree. Where at first, maybe we all, you know, myself included, I knew it was, like, serious. I didn't know it was going to be this serious. Um, yeah, me too. So it's, like, a real getting hit really hard with the reality of, like, what what's next, you know? What's next? What, what Good. Good answer. Yeah. Wow. Um, What's next? Okay. Bring out the aliens because I'm trying to meet them. Gentlemen, <laughs> just let just let the secrets out. I think the government should just become fully transparent. Tell us where the aliens are and let's have a chat. You know. <laughs> this is where the podcast takes a left turn and we talk about conspiracy theories for the next hour. Full <laughs> secrets. Where's Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> Okay, Julia, uh, this has been great. Is there anything else that you want to add or talk about or tell? I, I mean, I joke that nobody's going to hear this, but I, I do hope that people do listen to this because your story is great and I'm trying to just get good information out to people. So is there anything else you want to say? I think the, mo the most important thing right now, especially, you know, for people, I think with like anxiety and depression, for sure, right now this stuff is, super overwhelming um but we're all in it together so like if i feel like if people are getting like it's situations like this are 
it's really easy to kind of fall into a spiral, like an anxiety spiral, easy, turns into a tornado or a depression spiral, can easily turn into a tornado and your family's finding you in five months and you're in a pile of clothes in the corner smelling like eggnog. Like, so, <laughs> so let's not do that. Like, I've, I, I just want people to encourage each other to reach out to each other, FaceTime with each other, text each other. No one's too busy right now everybody's born and we all need each other so and if you can't find you know people you know people have other things to do too so if you go to reach out and someone's not answering you're like oh my god no one loves me no go go work out because i'll tell you what like i mean an impromptu it's not the best but it makes me feel like that relief i mean from all this and I'll feel better for like a good couple hours after I'm like, that's great. Well, activity because it, it gets your endorphins going and keeps that depression away. That's, that's right. Happen. Physical activity, yes, yes. I agree. Yeah. That that was a great, great addition. Great, great answer. Couldn't be better. I've been. Uh, I'll put my timer on for ten minutes, and then I'll put music on, and I'll run up and down my basement steps for ten minutes. Listen to some jock jams. Whatever you gotta listen to. Oh yeah. You know, get pumped. Like, get yourself amped up, and make. And also, like, you're gonna be stuck in your house, so you may as well start like kind of going through it and making a place that you want to be. You know, that you want to hang out. If you don't like a room, tear it apart. Make it cool. Find stuff to do. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Art stuff. Constantly have music playing. It'll keep you from having to listen to your thoughts. You know, like, wow. <laughs> put on <some> good tunes. <laughs> yeah, and and the stuff you bring up about mental health is uh, something that I want to eventually get deeper into as I get deeper into information about this podcast. I've been focusing so much on uh, physical health that I haven't put a lot of thought into that yet, but uh, it's a great point. The physical health is important for the mental health. Right, they're one and the same. I agree. Well, um, thank you so much for talking to me. I, I, I encourage everyone to be like Julia. So prepared and overprepared and knowledgeable about all this. And uh, that's, you're, this is great. Great. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Happy to be here. Spent too much time in California. Now I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania.